she was really encouraging of everything that he wanted to do. So whatever his passion and direction was, she would encourage it. Like buying chemistry um, uh, equipment for chemistry experiments that he was really interested in doing. Um, and one story that she obviously told was that when he was young, five years old, and you know, learning to count and playing with numbers, he refused to count in anything less than millions. So if it was like one, two, three, four, it was like, no, it has to be one million, two million, three million. <laughs> And obviously that was a, a, a kind of a indication of the future. So he did communications engineering at university. And while he was at university, um, he started, this was before the internet. And um, what he did as part of that process was gathering the information from teletext as it was. So you'd have teletext information and he turned it into a software program. And he sold that software program at age 23. And um, he wouldn't tell me how much he sold it for, but anyway. <laughs> no. um, so he, he sold it at the age of 23. So he thought he was learning about um, tech, but actually he was learning a lot about stocks and shares in that process. So this is also, you can understand, kind of like what you pick up on your journey towards what you finally might do. At age 27, he started his own hedge fund. Didn't work, didn't start at a hedge fund. He started his own hedge fund. And uh, he had 300,000 euros um, under assets under management when he started, okay? And the idea was, at that time, you could only start, the, the notion was you could only start a hedge fund if you had more than a million. But because he wanted it to be accessible to anyone and everyone, he started it with the 300,000. And it, by 2004, that's eight years later, um, that had uh, grown from, what did I say? What was the number? Thank you. He's grown from 300,000 to 1 billion. So in 2004, it was at 1 billion. And for 15 years, he ran the hedge fund. So, but while he was running the hedge fund, um, he was also developing his own interests in other areas. And those other areas were vegetarian food, yoga, astrology, meditation. And these things started to become increasingly important to him. So eventually, he sold the hedge, his shares in the hedge fund to his partner. And these other areas became like so much more prominent in his life. And as an example, I told you yesterday about the restaurant that um, he and Shamnam have in, in Vienna. So that was started in 2009. Um, they have a hotel in the Austrian Alps. That's the next PS destination for the, yeah, so, and he himself became vegetarian in 2017. Now. In 2014, 2012, sorry, wrote it down. Ah, the hotel became vegetarian, thank you, in 2017. So in here we go. So in 2014, he invested in crypto. And he, where's Vrindavan Bihari? So Vrindavan Bihari, see that guy there. This is a really good story, okay? He was going to invest in crypto when crypto was what price? Five, really early. He could have been our first billionaire, <laughs> but he decided not to invest. <laughs> he was waiting for the price to go down. Good <laughs> tries. The price, the price of crypto right now is. I uh, sorry, Bitcoin now is. It depends on which type of Bitcoin. Oh yeah. Okay. Forty thousand. And uh, anyway, 
He bought it at 350, so he bought it at 350, so you do the maths. Um, and in 2014, he um, also invested in Time Waiver. So I'm not going to speak about Time Waiver because Christian will include that in his presentation, but it is a new technology for wellness and health. In 2012, he met Sachin Andamaraj. And in 2018, um, Shamnam and him uh, came together and he became much more deeply involved in Krishna consciousness. And in 2022, he saved Omnam because at the time when, um, when we were in 2020, like in 2022, we were essentially uh, talking to liquidators about wrapping it up. And then we had a conversation with Shamnam and Christian and told them what state we were in. <laughs> they had some belief in the project and they gave us the money to uh, stay alive. Then, um, and that brings us to now, because uh, we, a few of us, uh, went to see Shamnam and Christian in Vienna, like I said yesterday, um, in November it was, and um, there was a card which I saw on the table in your phone cover, and it fascinated me. And um, I said, you really need to share this with other people. So that brings us today. And we're really, really grateful that you're both here on the trip um, and that you're being willing to give us your kind of insights into what you'll be speaking about today. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, welcome to Pandasena. <laughs> thank you, Naveen. Thank you, Naveen, for the nice introduction, and thank you for the invitation and the possibility to be here today. Um, I always felt in my life that it's important to make the right decisions, so it was natural for me to be interested in the topic of intuition, the inner guidance, and when I went to the university, I also asked um, professors and, and people who give lectures there about intuition, and they said, well, the best is that you look into the Eastern philosophies. So. I'm back here now in the Eastern <laughs> philosophy, <laughs> and hopefully I can contribute something. Well, intuition, I would call it also is this inner wisdom, and the topic is about these five steps to inner wisdom that I want to present today. And why do I do that? In a meditation that I did in 2016, I believe it was, I asked, okay, what can I do? What can I contribute to raise the consciousness of the people on this planet? big question, but the answer I got was, teach people about intuition. Okay, <laughs> how can I do that? I didn't know in the beginning how can I teach about intuition, so ask again during different meditations, how can I teach intuition to other people? I mean, I used it for myself, but it wasn't such a conscious process like do this and that and that, and so over many meditations I came up with these five steps that I will present today. So the source of it is intuition. And um, to give you an overview what we talk about today, um, yeah, the situation in everyday life, uh, what happens and what can we change, and why and when we use intuition, and uh, how do we do that with these five steps, and we will also practice, so I invite you for some sessions to practice it today also, and have feedback on it, and um, some additional ideas, recommendations, what you could do to improve how it works. So what usually happens in our everyday life is there is the situation as it is now, as it is really, and 
there is our expectation, which sometimes or often is not exactly the same. So there is this gap between these two, and that causes usually some tension, some internal unrest, some unpeace in us. And if we just stay with this unrest, that means usually the loudest voice in us, we see this also in discussion when many people sit around the table, the loudest voice is the one that promises a solution and gets heard. So it looks like if you would view this with some birds, the most loudest voice that says, oh, I have the solution for this problem, gets heard. And this is usually not the inner wisdom. That's not the loudest voice in us. And so if we do this pattern, we continue uh, not following our intuition, not following our inner wisdom. So what we need to do is we need to change this pattern. And how do we do that? Well, just as a graphic representation, we need to connect to some higher wisdom, to God, to Krishna. These are two pictures. One is called the third eye chakra, and one is called the kiss of the muse, where the eye is a symbol of the consciousness. So we need to connect to a higher source. And there are many, many different names for that in different traditions and different places around the world. So intuition is one word, inspiration another one, or the sixth sense that everybody has, or the sixth chakra, which is connected with the sixth sense, or the third eye, which is all here. And you can also call it the spirit of truth. It's also the guru that you have within yourself. And I read in one book, how do you recognize the, the, your guru in the outside? Is when the guru in the outside tells the same as your internal guru. The benefit when you have a guru in the outside is it's more easily available. But we try to figure out how this internal guru is also more easily available today. Then you can call it also as a power from the height, or just a connection to God or super soul or Holy Spirit in the Christian tradition, or Paramatma, or this inner knowledge, or voice of the heart, voice of the silence. So these are all different names, but they're pointing in the same direction. So when do we use that? What's a good situation? For example, if you have a frame where you usually operate, and then you have a situation that goes ar across, around, above this frame, so some problem that is so hard to solve, you don't know how to do that. That's a good situation to use intuition. Because you feel overwhelmed, you feel you cannot do it. For example, when we started with our hedge fund, in the first year we made minus 10%. Good start, huh? <laughs> so most, some people might give up, and some people yeah, might continue. But what I did is I asked, the person who knew what leads to success. You know what that was? Who that person was? My future self, 10 years ahead. So I asked my successful future self, what did you do at this time to make it successful? So you just need to ask a wise person. And this was an imagination I could use where I believed, okay, this person knows. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the successful future of me. And I got the answers that I, what I needed to change and what I needed to improve. 
Or you can also do it out of the simple desire to change some habits, to change what you are used to do. For example, the last two years in February, Shemnam and I, we were in the Lake Wassensee. Beautiful area with ice skating, nice hotel, nice food. But this year it felt better to come here to this place and it was out of intuition also. I mean, we could have just continued this pattern. It's nice there in February, nice weather and so on, but it felt just better to come here. So you can use it for situations where you are used to do something regularly. And instead of just continue using, uh, doing what you are used to do, ask, is there a better option? What can you do? Another possibility is, you might know this picture, it's this uh, chaos figures this, um, where you um, can zoom in deeper and deeper and deeper and very dependent on where you are, the result or the color is very different. Like when a butterfly claps with his wings, it can have a big influence. So some small situations in your life also can have a big influence and uh, can have big results. So you don't really know sometimes what is a small decision and what's a big decision. For example, several years ago, um, the restaurants were not running harmoniously and I had a lot to do. I became the offer from a person to join a meeting somewhere around Vienna, not so far away, to talk about agriculture. And at first I thought, okay, I don't have time for that. But then my intuition kicked in and I got the feeling, go to it, go to this meeting. I didn't know why, but I followed the intuition. And because of that meeting, I got some ideas that brought me to a person who is doing co business consultation. And he became a business partner for the restaurants and they become running smoothly. So even some small ideas that you don't understand can be very, very helpful long-term. So, and if we combine, or not combine, compare our mind with our intuition, on the left side is what we can do with the mind, on the right side, the inner wisdom, the intuition. The mind is very limited. It's limited by the amount of information you have, the experience, the knowledge to have so far. It's limited by the decision model. You need to have a model based on that data. You do this or that. It's also limited by the time because you don't have endless time for an analysis. We can improve that with so-called artificial intelligence where you have more data, different decision models, higher computation power, but it's still limited. And still, it's very helpful for simple, linear decisions. So it's like doing something offline. You do it with your own power, with your own mind. Nevertheless, it's mostly used in decisions. Then with the inner wisdom, it's basically wisdom, unlimited and immediately. Much more powerful and it's very good for non-linear, for complex, for long-term decisions where you don't have all this information or a decision model. So it's like you go online, you ask Krishna basically, you ask your higher self, 
the Google Insight, and it has a lot of potential. And we should definitely use it more often in our lives, especially for decisions where we don't have a model or we don't have the knowledge. So our aim is to go more from the mind to the wisdom. If you have this situation in life, which direction would you go, left or right? Which direction would you go, left or right? Any guesses? Right. It, it, it's not. It's a limited information, but it's very easy to extend. But situations in life often don't look like that. They look more like that. So where do you go now? For example, we have any young people here? What do you what do you know already? What's the right decision for your future? With past to choose which decision to make, it's too complex to know and to decide with the mind. So it's better to use and ask the intuition. And Albert Einstein, who was obviously a very intelligent person, said, the only really valuable thing is intuition. We can also view him like that from now on. <laughs> Such an intelligent person talks about intuition. Interesting. And now, what are these five steps to this inner wisdom? Um, I go through it quickly, and then we go to it through it in more detail. So the first step is to accept the situation as it is now. That brings a lot of peace and shows that you are humble enough to know you don't know yet. Then the second step, it's an active step. The first is passive, you take the situation as it is, like water, it's, it's passive, you take it in. And the second step is active, red, you ask a question. That's a part where our mind can do his job. He's very good in asking questions. Not necessarily in answering, but in asking questions. So you ask a question, what do you want to know? Then the third step is, again, Blue, it's like you take some information in, you listen to your inner voice, you listen to your inner guru, you listen to your intuition, and pay attention to synchronicities. Synchronicities are things that happen at the same time, but they don't necessarily have the same cause, they just happen at the same time. Like when you walk on the street, and suddenly you see a, a text on the wall, and it answers your question. Something like that happens so-called randomly. And then you have an inner dialogue to get a deeper understanding of the answer, which is violet, because it's in both directions, it's a dialogue. And when you have done all that, you just need to act according to the wisdom or the advice you got. And now let's go into more detail what these five steps mean and why are they important? By the way, you can memorize these five steps with the five fingers. So the first step, accept the situation. What does it mean when you don't accept the situation? It means you think you already know. You, you think you already have an, a judgment about the situation. 
So the first thing is to be humble enough to be aware that I don't know it. Because if I believe I can judge it, it's good or bad, it's this or that, it means I believe I already have wisdom and that's the, that's the easiest way not to get it, if you already believe you have it. It's like when your hands are full, you cannot take anything else. So humbly acknowledge that maybe the situation as it is, is just necessary. And also maintain this inner wonder, like a child. You don't know why this or that happens. Because as a child you may like the experience, but also we as adults may, may like the experience. So it's important to maintain this openness, this, ah, what happens here and now, and stay open and curious. And let go of your expectations. Because if you have expectations, and it's different to expectation, it adds that you are not peaceful in you. And um, letting go of expectations frees you up to stay curious, to stay open. And you don't have this pressure of, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that, you need to do something. Just stay open. And one step further is to even be grateful. So not only accept, okay, it's like that, but you are grateful it's like that. That's one step above, so to speak. Even if you have other wishes. And another step is to love everything as it is. It's maybe even more difficult sometimes. But then you are really in the here and now. You love the situation as it is now. And all this helps you to find more inner peace. And this inner knowledge, this intuition, this wisdom, is this voice of the silence. It's very peaceful. It doesn't come very loud. So you need to become peaceful yourself so that you can hear it better. And if you are not peaceful inside because the situation is just seems very bad, then what you can do is just accept that you're not peaceful and by accepting that, you can also become more peaceful. It, it's part of what it is. Oh, this situation upsets me. Okay, I accept that I'm upset because of the situation. And then, whew, it calms it down. And for easy memory, it's like the thumb, like the like symbol. You like the situation as it is now. Very easy to remember, first step. And keep in mind, maybe you just don't know what the situation or whatever means. Just keep in mind, you just don't know. Otherwise, you think you know, and then you're not open. So the second step. Oh, there's one more. Maybe there's even a blessing in the situation. Some, sometimes things happen in our life, and immediately our mind thinks, oh, that's bad. That's not what I wanted. But maybe that's a blessing. Have you ever considered that? So stay open. And sense this wonder. Maybe there is something very interesting. Then our mind can become active. So you ask a question. What is it that you want to know? And asking a question is like bringing your focus onto something. 
what is it that are you interested in? And it's also an expression of your free will. Because this delightful spiritual beings and your higher self respects your free will. So formulate what is your free will in this decision. What, what is it that you really want to know? Express it and write it down. Because when you write it down, you have a possibility to reflect. Brings more clarity. When you read it, then you read, oh, is this really the question I want to ask? Or maybe I formulate a little different. So question, how, what, when, and so on. And how do I stand in my own way, maybe? Maybe I'm the problem, not the situation. How do I cause a problem? Or what's just the next step? You don't need to always know the next hundred steps. Sometimes it's necessary just the next step. What is the next step? What is good here to do? And those questions that you ask where you have a real genuine desire for an answer, a true longing for an answer, work especially well. For example, I discovered that my intuition worked better when I used it for other people. Why? Because I sometimes felt I have more desire to help this other person than to change my mind about myself. So this true longing, this true desire that you have for an answer, that's really helpful. So it's like this finger that points to, okay, what do I want to know? That I tell the direction, I ask the question. That's a part where you can become active and should become active. And another tip with your question, think big and think out of the box. Don't ask, okay, some small things, why is this here and not there? Ask about bigger questions with a higher meaning. And then when you have formulated your question, you start to listen, you start to turn inward. It's blue again, you want to take an information in. And so you pay attention to those messages that are coming with this feeling of inner knowledge and peace. If it doesn't appear, then just wait until it appears with this indications, like you just know that's true and you're in peace. It's not the information that you feel pressed, oh, I need to do this, otherwise. No, no, that's not the inner wisdom. The inner wisdom comes with peace and knowledge. And so true openness is helpful. Believing that you don't know the answer. And you can listen in silence. Or you can also listen while hearing some nice spiritual music, or while chanting, or while meditating, or just on the street. But if you want to focus your attention on listening, I would suggest, suggest silence or spiritual music. And the message can come on many levels. So it can come from other people, it can come as a, as a song that you suddenly have in your head, or the song has a text that has and carries the message that you need, or you have a feeling about something, or you have a picture, a vision. So it depends on the type of person. You need to find out how do you get those informations. 
How do they appear in you? Or it can be a poster or an event outside. Or you can even draw a wisdom card, I will talk about that later, where you generate the synchronicity. So there are many ways, but it's kind of yeah, a practice that you need to do to find out um, what is this inner voice and what not. And pay attention to small little things. Sometimes you ask a question and immediately some answer comes up. That's sometimes also just the right answer. It's the first impulse. So observe how it works in you and see what works best. And it's this going in the middle or going through the third eye. So you go inside in this step. Increase your sensitivity. So sometimes you might recognize something and you think, oh, forget it. But then later you realize, oh, I should have done this. So, so be careful about the information you get and observe also what is the outcome when you did it or did it not. And watch for these calm messages. Well, if you got an answer, guess what your mind is doing? He might not immediately accept the answer. So the uh, next step is this inner dialogue to, to keep your mind and your intuition connected. So you um, continue with these first three steps. The answer you got, you accept. You ask the next question and listen again. That's this inner dialogue. And you do it as long as necessary so that the mind um, is as far as possible on board with the intuition. Sometimes you cannot explain, the intuition cannot explain the mind why it is good to do this or that, but sometimes it's possible and it's definitely worth um, doing it or trying it. So you do this in the dialogue as long as you need to feel, okay, yes, I accept this intuition, makes sense to me, um, I did my risk management or whatever, and I, yeah, the mind is connected to the intu intuition as much as possible. It's like the marriage finger. You marry or combine the mind, the understanding with the intuition. And then the final fifth step, it's the activity that corresponds to the intuition, to the message you got. Because when you ask a friend about advice and you don't do what the friend tells you, at some point the friend will stop giving you advice. So by acting on the advice you got, you show, okay, it, I, I really appreciate the guidance and, and I act on it. And you can start with low risk decisions, small decisions. If you're afraid that the intuitive decision might be too risky for you, then just apply it for small decisions in your life. But the risk is very limited where you can learn and experiment. And the first step was accepting. But as soon as you act on the advice you got, you might change the situation 
right? So it, it might not be the same as it was before. Maybe it stays, maybe not, but this step has the potential to change the situation also. And when you act out of your inner wisdom, it doesn't mean always you have immediately positive results. Like when you take a homeopathic me medicine, the first reaction can be it's getting worse, but over time it heals you. And the same thing can be here, your inner wisdom can give you advice that the first step might not immediately be the end result. So be aware of that. So the uh, action is a part of the larger process. It's a small step, but important. And observe the results. Sometimes I realized I didn't follow my intuition and it was bad. <laughs> Usually, when you are clear about your intuition, you have still the choice to follow it or you don't follow it. And I so often realized I just didn't follow it. I knew it, but I didn't follow it. And it was never a good outcome. It wasn't terrible, but I saw the difference. That can also help you to encourage yourself to follow it next time. Even if it seems to be a small thing, just do it. Here again, these five steps. Accept, ask, listen, inner dialogue and react. And now to the practice. This is of course possible in many, many different forms. We will do some here, but there are many, many forms, so you can experiment with that a lot also. The first step is accept the situation as it is, but that could also be a start which topic you look at. Because sometimes in life, there are situations that are hard to accept, that cause some unrest, and those are exactly the situations where you might need inner guidance. So, you can exactly take those situations that are causing you unrest. And then, what you do? You ask yourself, what question about this topic that causes so much unrest would I like to get answered? And can you come up with a more important question even? So try to formulate a question that's really relevant for you. Ask yourself, what is the most relevant question for you on that topic? And I suggest if you have something to write, either a piece of paper or a phone or an iPad or a computer, write down which question would you like to ask? What question is relevant for you now? And maybe we also open the window a little bit to have some fresh air, if it's Oh, it's open, okay. And take a few minutes of your time and just think about, is there any question in your life right now that you would like to get answered from your own higher self, from your own wisdom, from Krishna, from your super soul? Is there anything in life that you feel is important to ask for? Write it down. Have you ever, have you always, have you already written an, an a question? Yeah. So what can you do to give this question even more relevance? 
this question is important for you, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't have written it down. But now think about, um, well, if you don't have a question, then you can always ask, teach me about peace. But back to your question, ask yourself, why would you like to know that? Is there any higher purpose involved? Why is it that you want to know it? Because the more you are conscious and present about the reason, the higher purpose, the more desire we will have to get an answer. Maybe this question is not only relevant for you, even if it seems like in the first moment, it probably has some consequences for other people also. So there is maybe an even higher purpose involved. Write it down. What is it? Have you written it down? Yeah, good. So now you're very well prepared. You did a very good job in the second step. And this already is very important. I've felt in my life that becoming aware of the right question is like half the answer. It's really important to be aware, okay, what do I really want to know? And this state of mind that you're now is more analytic state of mind, a reflective state of mind where your mind is active. So for the next step for listening, you need another type of consciousness, another state of consciousness. You need to be more receptive. And we will try to come to this state in a few minutes. But one more um, thought about what you just do now is you just use your mind as much as possible and there is this saying God helps those who help themselves so that's what we just did we, we did what we could with our mind we tried to figure out what is the really important question so and to the third step let's first have a look what what different traditions say in, in this case it's from the Christianity tradition, but I think it applies to every tradition. For example, when the disciples of Jesus received the Holy Spirit, remember the Holy Spirit is the Paramatma, the super soul, it's a connection to God, the connection to Krishna. What did he say to them? He said to them, peace be with you. So he brought them the Holy Spirit and said, peace, that's the first word, peace be with you. So we need to come to a peaceful state of mind. And he also pressed to them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But this topic of peace, you see now why this first step was also helpful, because the first step of accepting the situation helps you with your inner peace. Or as Gandhi said about the inner voice, the only tyrant I accept is in this world is the still small voice within me. So it's a still, small voice. We need to be peaceful to hear that. Okay, so how do we get into this desired state of consciousness, connected to God? As I said, many ways. Let's do a practice in silence. I hope the airplanes are not flying any longer to interrupt this silence. Um, I suggest you sit up straight with a comfortable position and one topic that is helpful for this inner state is your breathing. 
to me have realized you can breathe in a way that you feel energized but not peaceful. You can breathe in a way that you are very peaceful and fall asleep. But what we need here now is a state where you are energetic enough so you should not fall asleep, but also peaceful enough so that you can hear your inner voice clearly. And generally, um, when you deeply breathe and fast breathe, it, it raises the energy. Um, and when you breathe deep and slow, it increases the peace. And what, we, what I try to do now with this breathing exercise is that we achieve this state through this breathing. Usually it's called 448 breathing. We breathe through the nose. One way of doing that is just internally count till four when you breathe in. Then you hold your breath while you count again till four. And then when you exhale, count till eight. Or, since you also love the Hare Krishna mantra, you can also, instead of counting, just chant internally, mentally, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, and inhale first in the belly, and then the chest, like, and then when you keep the breath, you chant the second part of the mantra, and then while you exhale, you chant again the, the, the whole mantra. So this should be like four seconds, inhale, four seconds, holding, and about eight seconds, exhale, depending on how fast you chant mentally. But if, if, if it's too complicated, then just stay with counting till four, with breathing in, four till holding the breath, and eight till exhale. Would you like to start? Would you like to do it? Okay, I, I suggest everybody, depending on which method you choose, does it by him or herself. And let's do this like five times. So five times deep inhale and exhale like that. And then you start to breathe normal again, okay? Let's start. Okay, so keep your eyes closed. Maybe you look a little up with your eyes if you like. Observe your body and relax the areas where you feel some tensions. Observe your thoughts and let them pass like clouds. and achieve a state of inner peace. And now, ask a question. And listen, pay attention to your thoughts, your feelings, sounds and images for a few minutes. And have an inner dialogue if needed. Okay, let's come to an end for now. Of course, when you do that, at home or wherever you feel comfortable. You can do it as long as you want or as long as you need. And when you get to your answer, then you can also act already. Um, how was it for you? Any, any feedback? Any questions? Yes, please. So just a question regarding this kind of process and the impact that dreams can have. So one of my favorite branches of Western philosophy is the psychoanalysts. And Carl Jung is renowned for communicating with what he calls the spirit of the depths. 
he also taught himself how to interact with the people that feature in his daydreams. So I just wanted to ask, how important is dreaming and do you have any like dream-related experiences you could share with us? I think dreaming is definitely also one good way to get answers, especially when you go down to bed with your question in mind and you sleep in with your question in mind and you can dream about it or maybe you wake up with an answer. For example, we were a little sick before we came to this place here and uh, I was not sure is it still a good idea to come and in the morning I woke up with the feeling, okay, it's a good idea to come. So I just knew it in the morning. So it might not only happen in a dream, it can also manifest as a peaceful message in the morning or during the night when you wake up. So it's definitely a valuable and a good source to use. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Thank you so much. What an interesting talk. Um, I was wondering, how do you, how would one differentiate between the inner voice versus an answer that the mind is coming up with out of convenience or past experiences and just wants to do things because it wants to do it? Yeah, you, you already named it. Something where you feel you want to do it because you want to do it, the, the need for activity, it comes out of something else. This inner voice, this comes from the higher self, doesn't push you in any way. It's like a suggestion, a friendly invitation, and you just know that's it. It doesn't push you. It gives you the full freedom to decide. If it's pushing, it's probably not from inner wisdom. How have you built up your trust in your inner voice over years? Have you, you know, you said you start small. Is it just that over time you've really built conviction in it? I started to use it for really important big decisions where I felt I, I don't know what to do. And I, I felt I need to ask. And I asked again and again over weeks sometimes till I felt, okay, I get the same answer again. And it comes again with this feeling, this would be the right thing. Even if a mind has some problems with it or some questions about it, it came again and again as an answer with this inner peace. So if you get an answer and you're not sure, is it the right answer? You just ask again at a different point in time and again till you feel sure. Um, thank you for this. Um, I was just wondering, you know, uh, from childhood, um, is there anything that you'd say that um, your parents, how they reacted to you, how they, you know, what they said to you and how they dealt with you that, you know, made you kind of get to this point? Like, it, it seems from me that you have a lot of trust in yourself rather than... Um, something external you don't seem to be pressured to by anyone else's expectations so was that to do with your upbringing or uh, what do you yeah it's definitely helpful yeah to to train yourself to do what you feel or think is the right thing to do independent of what other people think 
And if you act uh, according to your inner wisdom, you will definitely sometimes make decisions where other people say, are you crazy? But So you have to withstand that. That just happens. And um, you can start with smaller decisions when the pressure is not so high and, and the reaction of other people is not so intense and learn to recognize what is your intuition and what is not your intuition. And when you gain this trust that you recognize your intuition, then you can also use it for bigger decisions with more um, trust that it's the right thing to do and you can withstand the opinion of other people. And as we hear today um, from Keshava Swami, it's important to go our own way. And how can you go your own way without this connection? So it's, it's very helpful, I think, to have this connection. But of course, different people will have different opinions. Yeah. Eddie, other questions at the moment? Thank you so much. Um, wh when you become more connected with this intuition, do you uh, get answers even when you're not looking for them? Like, not that you're not looking for them, but you don't consciously ask. Is it like you just become more and more connected that there's almost a constant communication or does it only happen to you when you ask? It definitely happens more often then. For example, recently I was sitting in a car and thinking about the problem and, and suddenly my, my eyes looked at the sign of another car driving by and the sign gave me some information that I thought okay, it, it's, it's, it's okay. Like there was, the sign was KO, like KO, like knockout. <laughs> and then, then there was three numbers that uh, uh, I was told by a public reader once, these are my favorite numbers. So those three numbers were there. And then it was the G and the T. I translated it into Austrian Viennese slang, and that means it's okay. And, and so I felt like, okay, what I feel like now, this problem, this OKO, it's, uh, it's okay, it's no problem. I shouldn't yeah, worry too much. And that happened just while driving in a car. So it definitely happens from time to time by itself, the more you become aware of it. So these synchronicities or these internal messages, they appear more often when you, when you use it. Yeah, and just linked to that, um, I don't know if you read uh, Sadhaputta Prabhu, Richard Thompson, he wrote an article, he's one of our devotee scientists, he wrote an article called On Inspiration, where he looks at intuition. And he cites these studies of like scientists who were trying to like solve some, you know, mathematical conundrum or something. So they were racking their brains, racking their brains, and then what happened is that they were out doing some gardening or something and not like even thinking about it. And then they just get it at a random time when they're not even asking or looking. So I'm just wondering how that also fits into this or whether you have any take on that. That is, is that the detachment part or like, like what is it that, because there seems to be so many things about intuition that it comes at a time when you're not even like, trying to grasp that answer. It's almost like in the flow of life, it just comes. It can come at any time, yes, absolutely. But at the same time, you can also sit down and consciously be open for an answer. Both is possible. 
But the first step is, or the second step is, do you need to ask an, a question? If you don't have any question, or any, any question that is in your mind, mm, I, at least in my case, I didn't get so many answers. If I have more questions in my mind, I get more answers. But the key is not to ask the mind for answers. Only ask the mind for questions. <laughs> okay, any other? Uh, it, it seems like uh, you're quite in the mode of goodness, so like you're already quite peaceful. Um, so, like, um, if someone's like, you know, there's a lot going on in the mind, or is passionate, it seems like quite a difficult process to uh, for some people to be able to calm it enough, um, like that. Um, confirmed. confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and then the, the the other question was that. Um, that, like breathing is a good way to bring peace to the mind, but there's like yogis that also do you know meditate on the heart, paramatma in the heart, and um, so they try you know to get rid of the ego and always go through the paramatma. Um, so is there other practices that you think that work, or have you explored? Yes. Like so so for example, um, the the second exercise I, I want to do with you is to do it while music is playing. Like I've prepared the Mahamatra from Chanavi Harrison as a background music, and do this meditation to this waiting for answers while you hear a nice spiritual music. Like when you chant, you also put your mind to the mantra so that the mind is not busy doing anything else. And you can also chant and ask for answers, but you can also listen to spiritual music and wait for answers. That can be helpful. And uh, Another possibility is to use wisdom cards to generate synchronicities. That works also very good, even if your mind is very unrestful. Okay, should we do a second round with a little music in the background? And I also brought an incense stick that's um, from... Uh, Persia, from the home country of Shamnam. <laughs> it's uh, something that they use for cleansing temples, and it's, it's called Esfand, or the, the um, Latin name is Perganum Hamala, and it, yeah, it, it, it smells not so, so sweet like the Indian incense sticks, but it's, it's, I feel like when I, I, I smell this, it kind of awakes my consciousness a little bit and I feel more connection and more clarity. So as soon as the music will start, I will ignite that and you will smell it. And so I suggest you just continue with your question that you already have and um, we do it again. But just a quick introduction in between. Um, the situation we had before, how does it look like when you use your intuition? You have still this tension between what is and what your expectations are. So what you do, this pattern change is, you drop your expectation. And instead, um, look at the situation as it is now and let this grow, focus on what is now. This is this accepting. Then of course you ask a question and listen and have inner dialogue. And about this inner listening, this 
unrest that you might also have in you, you can view it like these voices are inside of you, okay? There's some noise coming from the mind, from the thoughts. What you do is you still focus on this peace in you and uh, avoid listening to this noise that is also in you. So try to figure out the part in you that is peaceful and listen to that part that is peaceful. It's still there, even when the noisy tones are around, but don't listen to them. The men are laughing more now. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's do it with music. So we try to be in a quiet, undisturbed room again. Sit straight as much as possible and comfortable also. And uh, let's do the breathing again for about five inhale and exhale. Do this breathing in a relaxed way. Don't force yourself. Just smooth. Close your eyes. Observe. Observe your body and feel if there are any tensions. Let go of them if possible. Just sit relaxed and comfortable. And observe what's going on in your mind, thoughts, the feeling, pictures. And let them Sorry. And now, with some music for a few minutes, just try again to listen and have an inner dialogue. See what comes up.
So as before, you can do it at home as long as you want with a playlist of many songs. And yeah, for some of you, it might be more suitable to do it with music. I usually prefer it with music when I do it at home. Um, but every person is different. Just find out what fits best for you. Anybody who wants to give a feedback or has some questions at the moment. Thank you again. <coughs> when you find that uh, perhaps an answer is being revealed to you, do you break your meditation to write it down or do you continue with the meditation? And When I have a very clear answer that I feel, okay, wow, that's the answer, very clear, then I like to write it down immediately because then I have it present. Um, but, but if you feel, okay, there is, there is more, you need to wait, then you won't interrupt it to get more details maybe. But I, I tend to write it down as soon as I have it, yeah. Because I worry that it's a fleeting thought and it might just... Yeah. ...for the mind takes over again. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, thank you. Any other questions? Thank, thank you, Christian. That was, that was really good fun, actually. It was, it was fantastic to do. Um, uh, I, I tried two different questions. One was a spiritual one, one was a material one. I've, it was interesting that when I did the spiritual one, the answer was quite emphatic. But when I did the material one, I found like my mind was just racing all the way around that. I, I just wondered if you had uh, any experience of that. And then the other one is, when you're making a very important decision or asking yourself an important question, how much of a time period do you normally give yourself? Like, is it one month, is it three months, is it a year in order to make such an important decision? Sorry, those are two questions. Well, for the first question, I think it, your mind is very active in the, in the materially oriented topic, so it's no wonder that as soon as this topic comes up, it becomes also very active. Um, I would try to calm the mind in this case, to, to, not, to just let the thoughts flow by and wait until I get these peaceful answers where I feel, oh, that's it. It can be a picture, can be a sound, can be a thought, can be a feeling, whatever. But then I would tend to wait longer to get an answer, and when you have a spiritual question, you obviously are more calm already with this topic, topic so it's a different reaction. But generally, it depends on the question. For some answers, you don't have a year. Uh, some answers you need to do within a week or so. So that, that gives a frame that you have. And um, yeah, the, if you need an answer very soon, then, then yeah, you need to maybe listen a little longer yeah, hope for an answer. The more eager you are, the better it works. But it's it's about practice. It's like a muscle. When you train a muscle, it becomes stronger over time, and it reacts faster. It works better. So I suggest just use it more often, and then it will become faster also. And uh, yeah, that was both questions. Any other questions or comments or feedback? How was it? Did anybody got any answer already? 
Okay, some hands go up, good. <laughs> and how do you like the smell from the incense stick? <laughs> okay, then um, next is for all those who have the feeling they don't receive a lot in this type of meditation, well, of course, do it more often and, and you will find out it works over time better and better. But just to, to um, make a graphic representation, let's say, okay, your mind is like here in this black square and, and what is possible to discover is the remaining part. So there is the question, how do you connect that? Because there is already a lot to discover, like with the picture before. So, so expect there is a lot in you that you can discover, also when the mind overtones it in the beginning. Let's look at the starry sky during the day. How many stars do you see? You see only the sun. <laughs> because it's so bright, it's like our own mind. It overshadows the other possibilities. But let's look at the same sky when there is a solar eclipse and the sun or our mind in the, in the analogic, analogic comparison, the mind is more peaceful. You start to see some stars and even better in the night. So over time you might discover, like with the Hubble telescope, that there is a lot to discover and you, you will realize more and more over time because there is more in us. And here are some ideas how you can potentially improve this process. For example, some people report when they fast for a period of time, like a week or longer, because the breathing gets slower, the digestion needs a lot of energy, they have more clarity in their mind and they make the best decisions when they are fasting. So you can consider especially fasting periods, also ecstasy fasting or longer fasting periods, to especially use that time periods for getting answers to some questions. Another topic, I mean, I don't need to tell that here, but generally no alcohol is also a good suggestion because it, it, yeah, it doesn't help for this process. And of course, eat fresh and healthy vegetarian diet and also drink enough water, especially outside of meal times. So like Ayurveda says, drink no water half an hour before you eat and half an hour after you ate something. But during the time in between, during the day, drink enough water. It's important. It helps your inner clarity. Fresh air outdoors, or at least open the window from time to time, is also helpful for this inner clarity. Also, to do some regular exercise or yoga exercises can help when you feel relaxed in your body. It helps to relax and also stretch your mind. So keep a balance, have enough sleep. For example, once I was on Radhadesh Melos, we had great kirtan, but I didn't feel the connection. Why? Because I was so sleepy from the night before. <laughs> so sometimes it's just a lack of sleep that you don't have this clarity that you want to have. And as we said, dreams are also a good source of information, like the saying, the Lord gives his own in his sleep. 
And you can also cleanse your body via hot-cold application like sauna and or steam bath and then cold shower that um, can also cleanse the body and the mind. You feel more fresh after that and more clean, more connected. Then some other traditional ideas, of course, mantra meditation. So when you sit in the kirtan, of course you sit in the kirtan, you sing the mantra, you are concentrating on the mantra, but you are very connected in this situation. So why not use this situation, at least from time to time, to also ask a question? Bring up the question in the middle of the kirtan, in your mind, and see what answer comes, because then you are already connected. Use it. Or when you're chanting or after chanting, when you're mostly connected, ask a question then, or after mental chanting. Or for example, when you are walking around in the street with your question, you can always uh, like have it maha mantra running in your mind in the background, like a microdosing of chanting, always hear the maha mantra in your background. So you're having this connection, can also help to improve that you get some informations. And of course, listen to some uplifting spiritual music, as we just did now. And what can also help is to have some positive affirmations. For example, what, what I did for many years is to repeat this sentence to myself, the infinite wisdom of God, or Krishna, whatever you want to place on this situation, guides me in all my ways. If you repeat this as a, it is already there, not will lead me, it already leads me, then you are already in this state and that uh, helps to uh, increase your listening ability. Or you can pray, thank you for your guidance. So not, please guide me, but thank you that you're guiding me. So you're saying it in a way that's already manifested. That's the fastest way to make it happen. And also be grateful that you are already being guided wisely. Like the saying, as you believe, so it will be done on you. Just believe it's already happening. That also helps with the trust. Because when you believe it's already happening, then you talk to yourself, I already have this. And uh, yeah, if you, if you don't have it, by the way, and you say this sentence to you, that means you will come up with the topics that you're missing. For example, oh, I didn't devote time for that. Or maybe I should use the kirtan next time. Or whatever possibility you might have. And ask for a positive side or the blessing of a problem. Because that increases your ability to listen. If you think a situation is a real problem and it causes some unrest in you, it will be hard to listen to the peace about this topic because you will not be in peace. But if you ask for the blessing of this disturbing situation, then the situation will not be as disturbing anymore and you will be able to listen better. Yeah, then incense sticks with or oils, essential oils with uplifting aroma, like frankincense or what we had here, Perganum Hamala or the San Palo Santo or Aqua Florida, Liang Liang, whatever you like, where you feel, oh, that's uplifting, that's helping me. 
And then I have some creative ideas for better listening. For example, you can use some healthy supplements that may also brighten your brain. For example, ginkgo leaves, are. there are many studies on that, uh, helps people not get dementia and helps people be more clear in their brain, in their thoughts. Or Brahmi, the Ayurvedic memory plant. And what is also very important for the functioning of our brain is omega-3 oil, like linseed oil, for example, or other oils who have omega-3, because in our current food, we usually don't have enough omega-3 acid. Vitamin D is generally important for your health, strengthens the immune system, and it's also known for better clarity in the brain. Magnesium can help not only to relax your muscles, but it's also good for the brain. And lion's mane, uh, I forgot glutathione, it's um, a thing that our body produces, but only till the age of 18. It's a natural antioxidant, and you can also supplement it um, later on, and it's very good for our immune system, and it's helping the clarity of the brain. And lion's mane, it's a mushroom, also very good for the brain. It looks also like a brain. If you look at the picture of the lion's mane mushroom. So these are supplements that you could try to improve your clarity. And also you can combine those things that work for you. So if you, if you feel, okay, this element works for me, and this element and that element, you just combine it. In my case, the eagerness for an answer and the repetition of trying to listen was my first entry into that my intuition worked. Also a combination. Or to put the real effort in the right question and then use some wisdom cards. Or for example, when you're in front of the deities, combine it with breathing techniques. Just take three deep breaths to have more, more awareness and be in silence or chant the Maha Mantra or when you're in a kirtan, go to the deities and trust that you get an answer. Or, as I said, kirtan, but also make sure you drink enough water and you have enough sleep so that the kirtan experience can be really uplifting. And then when you're chanting, make sure you have enough fresh air. So my suggestion is that you try different things that appeal to you and find out what works best for you and combine them. And learn from other people that are taking their inner wisdom serious, like, for example, Steve Jobs. He said, don't let the noise of other people's opinion drown out your own inner voice. And most importantly, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. Somehow you already know what you want, everything else is secondary. And by the way, what do these three men have in common that we looked at? They're all having a, having a vegetarian diet. I mean, Steve Jobs had a lot of prashadam also in his student time, but later on he was a vegetarian and the other two were also vegetarian. So we do that already. That is definitely also something helpful. And then you can create new habits. 
just make it a habit to listen to your inner wisdom before going to bed, before breakfast, whenever it fits to you. Or if you don't know a good question, you can always ask, uh, ask some universal question, like, am I on the right track with the topic that is important in my life now, X, Y, Z? Or what does a certain event mean in my life? Because sometimes it means something different than our mind thinks it means. And during the day, several times, create this oasis of silence and practice this awake listening. And yeah, ask several times if, times if needed until you get the answer. And observe how you feel during and after implementation. Because when you do that, when it works, you, you gain trust over time. And the more trust you have, the more you will use it and the better it will work. So just observe also when you use it or when you didn't use it. Observe what is, is the result. So practice and do it often. And now another alternative to create the synchronicity for those people who are in unrest or feel they don't um, get the information they want. Um, the third step is listen or pay attention and or pay attention to synchronicities. And uh, synchronicities come from this Swiss psychologist Carl Jung and it's about two or more events that are not causally related. So they happen at the same time but they don't have the same causal reason but they are meaningfully connected. So there's a higher meaning involved and you can um, by the way, he was also a vegetarian. Interesting synchronicity. <laughs> or maybe even the cause. So it makes sense to eat vegetarian. And so you can observe the synchronicities that already happen in your life. And if you don't see those synchronicities, you can generate them by either calculate the synchronicity, which we call astrology or numerology, the nice thing is you calculate it also for the past, not only for the now and also for the future. So there's a possibility to, to calculate that. That can be a helpful guidance. Or you can just generate the synchronicity by using wisdom cards. I have here some wisdom cards if you want to look at it later, like Oracle of Rama or postcards from Spirit. Or you can use the Journey Within card deck from Radhanath Swami. So there are many possible wisdom card stack that you can use for getting an answer. I will explain how in a second. And you can also open a book in that way. You can have your question and then open a book with the idea, okay, please guide me. Where should I look at in this book to get an answer to my question? And there are also new technologies that use synchronicity and databases to give you coaching or to select frequencies that you that are helpful for you. So there are many possible ways. By the way, when I first heard this topic about wisdom cards, I thought that's just random, that doesn't work. How could that work? But um, in 2001, end of the year 2000, I picked a wisdom card with the intention, what is the topic for me for my next year? And I picked the card 13, which is the death. 
And uh, at first I was a little shocked, but then I thought, but death is also a new start. It's both, it's not so bad at all. <laughs> but what happened in this year is um, two friends, long-time friends, I needed to say goodbye to them. One was the mother of my child, and another was a long-term friend from the school. And this happened exactly in this year. And later in the year, in 2001, in the summer, I learned about numerology. And I calculated the numerology card for this year, and it was 13 the death. So it was, I mean, the chance is not so high that you pick exactly the card that you can also calculate. And then I, I used it quite often, this uh, way of getting an answer through a wisdom card, and it worked surprisingly good, especially when you did your job with writing down the answer or the question, what is your question? If you are clear about your intention or your question, then picking a wisdom card can be a very valuable source of information. Also when your mind is uh, in unrest, that can be a good help for that. And how to use wisdom cards? Well, you just shuffle the cards, lay them in front of you with the backside so you don't see what's on the card. And before you draw a card or open the book, then you concentrate on your question and also on the purpose of your question. And then you feel, okay, where is the card that has the message for me that I need? So you feel which card is the right one. And then before you turn the card around, oh, this was, before you turn the card around, you check again a second time, is this really the right card? Before you turn it around. And then when you feel, okay, yes, this is the right card, then turn it around and look at the picture of the card. And also some cards have text directly on the card or you look in the book, what does this card mean? And then you reflect on what this meaning could be for you. So you have this inner dialogue with the book or with the card and uh, this can be very interesting. It's worth a try and uh, everybody can do it. I once also tried that somebody else picked the card for me. So I had a clear intention and somebody picked the card, it worked also. So it's, I, I think it's working because not the cards are magic, but you create the synchronicity with your intention of the question. So you don't need a magician for doing that. Everybody can do that. And you cannot only pick one card, you can also pick many cards. And uh, there are different systems where to put which card, so it can be quite complex if you like to. And we cannot do it in practice because we have not so many cards, but if anybody wants to share um, his or her um, experiences with drawing wisdom cards, anybody who wants to share any experience? Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, one thing that I've been doing for a couple of weeks now is uh, the first thing I do when I go to work, I have the Bhagavad Gita with me, so it's on my desk, and I've made it a point that the first thing I do when I sit down is pray and say, right, what do I need to be mindful of today, or how can I do more of what I need to do today? And I just open a random page of the Gita, and then I write a few, I read the verse and the purport, and I write my reflections on how 
a certain thing is scheduled for the day and how that might be connected to what I've just read in the verse and it's done wonders. Um, so not exactly with wisdom cards, but with wisdom and books as well. Um, uh, but I've experienced a lot with these cards as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Thank you. So my mum's mad about tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> and she would often insist on spontaneous readings. So I'd be sat and she's like, let me do a reading, let me do a reading. I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> and the last one she did was quite funny because it just like, echoed very true with the, the cards that I got. Well, hopefully, obviously the future one hasn't. I don't know when that's certainly manifested, but it was it was yeah it was positive to say the least and i don't know what you what you're speaking on has made me think as well that people that are artistic like touching on what Keshav Maharaj was speaking about earlier because it's a constant interaction with this whatever this ether maybe maybe the vedic terms ether but i don't know wherever you source your thoughts from which is maybe this falls under that say for my experience being a musician I've found that these practices where I do rely on my feelings help to generate a better connection with intuition so yeah thank you thank you and I have another question that you could ask yourself um, in a meditation like that for example how did the relationships and situations come about that you are most grateful for entering your life. Because if you know that, how did they came, then you might be able to increase that. And I'm talking about especially those relationships and situations that you could not plan for yourself. They just appeared like people you didn't know before, they came into your life, you couldn't plan that. How did that happen? So it's more about not a causal, but more a synchronistic event into your life. So it's more like a homework, I would say. Um, but I think it's a good idea because you might come up with a good answer that can guide you to get more of those situations into your life that you're very grateful for. Would you like me to share what, what I discovered when I asked myself this question? I discovered what we already hear today <laughs> that uh, they came into my life because I really wanted to help others with the talents I have and love to use. So when you do what you have the talents for, and you, you love to do that, you love to use your talents, something that you really like to do, and use it in the service for others, that's a perfect situation to bring more positive situations in your, in your life. For example, when I invested in TimeWaver, the company where Shamnam works, I wanted to help this company because I thought this technology makes a lot of sense and helps a lot of people. I didn't invest to make money. I mean, of course, for investment, at some point, it's nice to make money, but that was not my major, major reason. I wanted to help, first of all. And then, four years later, our relationship started, so I got a perfect wife. <laughs> You never know what you get, <laughs> but it's good that you do something 
where you do something for others. So use your talents in, in a good service where you also have fun doing that. You don't have to do something, at least not always, maybe sometimes, but not always, where you don't enjoy it. So as a summary to these five steps, so the idea is you can prepare yourself very well by accepting the situation and by formulating a really relevant question for this process of, okay, you get an intuition, you observe a synchronicity. And so it's, it's, a, it's a process because as you observe the first information, you also might have this inner dialogue, you might have this mind that comes up with additional questions and uh, you combine your intuition with your mind as much as possible so that the mind is not against what you want to do out of your information, uh, what, what you want to do about because of your intuition. So the mind should be a friend and then act according to ad advice. So it's a, a very simple five-step process and I, I thought about, okay, if I just drop one of these five steps and I felt it's 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 hurting the whole process because if you for example if you don't accept the situation it means you already know better right and how can you think you're open for intuition if you think you already know probably doesn't work very good and if you don't have a question for example i was in bali and gave this card to a person in bali and he said Accept the situation as it is. That's exactly my life philosophy. And then I said, and there's a second step. What? Second step? Why? I just accepted already. So if you want to get a deeper answer, then it's helpful to ask a question, to formulate your free will. What do you want? How can the lightful, spiritual beings help you if they don't know what you want? They respect your free will. So become conscious about what you want. Write it down. Then you can be helped more easily if you're open for the help. And then, of course, listen to the answers that you get in many, many different ways and spend a little time for being open to listen. And you can improve that with different possibilities that we talked about and listen. And if needed, have an inner dialogue to have the clarity, to have your mind also on the side of the intuition and then act on it. And even if you don't act on it, then you already can observe what happens if you don't react. If it's a small decision, nothing bad will happen, but you will see, oh, maybe I should have taken this impulse to take this book for that person more serious because a few hours later, I would have needed that. So, even if you only do the first four steps, use the observation of what would happen in this or that case. So, I invite you to do that and experiment with that and practice and take your time. Do it often. Additionally, I have brought some books that I read by myself um, from Lee Coit, for example. He um, was a successful marketing person in the US, sold all his company shares and gave himself one year to find God. 
And in this one year, he discovered his inner voice. So if you want to look at the book, it's here. And there is also a QR code where you can read it for free for at Kindle Unlimited, or you buy it for less than four bucks uh, on Kindle. And the second book about accepting, there are very interesting stories, how he experienced that, what challenges he went through, and, and how, what guidance he got. So it, it was very inspiring for me to read that. And then there is this book from Brahmanza Yogananda about how you can talk with God. I still discuss with Jamnam. She thinks he's an impersonalist. I think he's a personalist. Because how can you write a book about conversations with God if you believe in an impersonal God? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I like this book. so <laughs> It was helpful for me. And then I have some presents. Um, in life, if you view life as a game, in life, you, what you need in a game to win, you need a joker, right? Because a joker you can use for any situation. You can use as a king, as a queen, as a us, as a five, whatever you need it, you can use the joker. And what's the joker in your life? Your connection to Krishna. Your inner guidance, that's your choker. And on the back side of the choker card, you have the five steps to remind you what you could do for a better connection. So I have enough choker cards for everybody to take one. And um, then under this YouTube link, I, I uh, put more than 150 songs. I call it Music for the Soul. Um, you can listen it for free on YouTube. It's a nice music collection that you could use when you want to meditate with music. And then you can have a look on these wisdom cards, if you like. And you can also borrow them till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, try out how it works. And then a last tip that is, well, here probably Everybody already does it, but at some places they don't do it. I think it's really important to eat vegetarian and vegan food because it helps really the inner peace and the peace in the world also. So enjoy that and thank you very much and good luck with all your efforts to find your inner guidance in you. Thank you, sir.